First scripture reading, one we've read a few times and we'll continue to read. We are talking about the Ten Commandments and we are rooting ourselves in the Ten Commandments as we find them in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 21. And there we read this. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land, the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses God's name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that, is the, that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of God upon you so that you do not sin. And the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Hmm. And our New Testament text, our gospel text this morning is from Matthew 6, verses 25 through 31. I think these are some of the hardest words in scripture. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures. Thanks be to God. All right. So having done all of that, which sounds 
incredibly familiar, like something we do every week. We are going to do something completely different this week. Here's the thing, friends. Your pastors in their conversations this week uh, have discovered from one another that both are very, very tired and are very much in need of Sabbath rest. And because of that, we made a choice this week to model Sabbath rest for you in this way. You see, we've actually done a lot of work on Sabbath as a church. We did an entire series on this book where we studied this book, Sabbath, together by Wayne Muller. Fantastic book. I highly recommend it. We highly recommend it. Read this. Discover the deep and important meaning of Sabbath. We had many conversations about it. It was a beautiful and rich time discovering all the depths of Sabbath. Also, Jules and I have collectively preached on Sabbath together. You can look back in the archives online if you're looking for the two of us talking about Sabbath. So what we decided to do this morning is to do Sabbath in the course of our conversation in this way. You see, part of Sabbath is connection. We can take our own time and we can, if we need isolation and solitude in order to have true rest, awesome. But oftentimes, Sabbath is about connecting and connecting on a level that is pure enjoyment of being in the company of one another. Uh, So what we decided to do today is talk about five completely inane topics. And we know we're taking a risk, but Jules, I'm kind of excited about it. (laughs) We'll see where we go with it. I mean, I think about our dialogue sermons as five completely inane topics sometimes anyway. So really, maybe do it. We, we, We realized too that Sabbath was meant for rest and also for joy. And something that maybe um, you all, maybe you realize this and maybe you don't, um, is that your pastors, in addition to loving to talk about God and theology and the scriptures and to consider the church and how we do churching and community together, we also just like to talk to each other. (laughs) And so that's what we're gonna do today. We're going to talk about five completely inane topics. So you are welcome to continue to listen to the rest of this. If you just want to be in on some chit chat, some restful, hopefully joyful chit chat. Hold Um, on. Oh, okay. This is more than chit chat. Okay. (laughs) Because I know what topics we're talking about and I have some thoughts. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Maybe these are five incredibly important topics that have nothing to do with what's going on in the world, (laughs) with what's going on maybe in our personal lives. No. Maybe a little bit about that. (laughs) But hopefully just pure fun. Stay tuned if you're up for that. Otherwise, go get the Sabbath book and just take a break. So should we get started? You'll get sung to at the end and we'll pray out. So you can fast forward to that if you look forward to the benediction every week. Yeah, and at some point we'll talk about Sabbath, maybe. Yeah, oh, we'll definitely do that. But I'm I'm hungry, Andy. Let's go. 
to pun my way into the first topic. Oh, here we go. Beautiful segue. You introduced the first topic and you said top three cheeses defend. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's go this way. I think we need to alternate. Right. Start with three. But I want to start because I have a strong and probably unpopular opinion. Let's go. What's your number three? Canned Parmesan cheese, green can. Amazing. Craft. Top three. Okay. Yeah. And it has to be brand name. Spaghetti spring. Absolutely. And the argument I make for this is nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the 80s. That stuff was on everything. It was always in my refrigerator growing up. It's also attached to a meal my mom used to make me that I still make for myself, right? But now I live in Portland, Oregon. So instead of putting Kraft green cheese on it, I put on fancy stuff. Not the same. Shredded, real Parmesan. Not the same. So that's my lobby is Kraft green can Parmesan cheese. Go. I can get down with that. Um, I I need to ask you a quick follow-up, and that is, have you ever just eaten it on its own and had the experience of that powdery, puffy mouth where it's like, and you're struggling? Have you done it? Confession, nothing much better than putting a spoon in the can, licking your finger, sticking the finger on it, and then doing that. I'll admit it. We're tracking. We're we're totally tracking. I. I had forgotten that that could be included and I appreciate that you did include it. So I'm going to go for number three. I'm a big fan of Havarti. I like me some Havarti and here's why. It's a sandwich cheese, which are, let's face it, my favorite cheeses are the sandwich cheeses. I'll get down with some brie, but like if other, if I'm not having wine with brie, it's weird. I don't right? So I'm going to generally go with sandwich cheese. Havarti has a little bit of funk, but not a whole lot. It's real. um, uh, The texture of it is lovely. Tiny little holes. Mm -hmm. Little tiny. It doesn't have the real power of a Swiss, but it eats well in a sandwich. So I'm going Havarti number three. What do you got? I believe my second on the list is going to have to be goat cheese. Ooh. Flexible. Okay. Uh, you know, adaptable across multiple things. Uh-huh. Absolutely the backbone of every book club. There's not a book club in the world that can function without goat cheese in it. And I love a good book club. And you can mix it with stuff. You got your herbed goat cheese. You got your fruit goat cheese. You got, like, it's just, there's just a lot happening it's delicious. I like a goat flavor anyway. I like goat milk. I'm one of those, but like goat cheese. Yes. Mm. Interesting that both for both of our number twos, we went uh, strong. We went strong. Strong and a bit fancy. Yeah. I'm going to defend blue cheese. That's my number two. Blue? Blue. Again, a different kind of versatility. Of course, we crumble it in a salad. It's not just for dressings. Let's be really clear. But you can mix it. You can mix it in all kinds of things. I like it melted over like a steak with bacon, a little blue cheese. If Of course, you put it on a burger. Why wouldn't you? You'd be insane not to. I love the little, the, the pungent. Now, I'm talking blue and I'm not talking gorgonzola. They're not the same. Okay. 
This was my next, this is my follow-up, but why? Blue has just enough of that pungentness to it. Gorgonzola is a little like, whoa, these are, this is eating a foot. And I'm not into that. It's too much. Somebody took their socks off and I'm not eating that. So, but I'll eat the blue cheese. So blue cheese was a tie for my number one, but didn't make it onto the list now because you just took it. So I, I realize I have to come up with another number one. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do because I've already used up my two and three. Um, okay. I'm going to say, and I know we're in Tillamook country, so I don't care about fancy. I don't care about quality in this area. I want a melty cheddar cheese that I can just put in a bowl in the microwave for 30 seconds and then dip crackers in. I don't care about any quality of it. It had better be greasy and it had better be stretchy. It can't be Velveeta. That's not cheddar. It needs to be. I was just going to ask because Velveeta, that would be the ideal thing that I would think of. But you're saying, no, I want the drips. I want the orange drip. When I melt it, crazy enough, my number one is also sharp cheddar cheese. Secret sharp. Yep. Sharp cheddar cheese because it's versatile. It's all get out like the most versatile. It's what we think of when we think of cheese, but here's, here's the trick. I want it orange. That white sharp cheddar messes with me. It makes me think it's supposed to be something that it's not. It's like when a candy like yellow and you think it's going to be pineapple and then it's grape flavored. Like it's not fair. Not right. Right. It's not right. Awesome. Hey, so far, we are kicking this off well. I'm, I love this. I, I'm really interested in feedback. So uh, if you're listening to this and you would defend any cheese in particular or have your own top three, please feel free to list them in the comments after this video up on Facebook or in any of our platforms. Okay. You're really pushing that social media engagement there, huh? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. Um, that was awesome. That was fantastic. Uh, but now we're going to move to a topic that's... Um, I don't know, a little more serious, a little more important because of how this much- This is life and death. It is, it is. And, and quite frankly, I'm surprised because in the past, when I have encouraged you to get involved in this pastime, in this hobby, you have been highly resistant. You've gone along with it for, for fun, but all of a sudden you're like into it, which is really weird. Now we're talking about our fantasy football teams. And, yeah. and in the past, and we've had a church fantasy football league, and you were like, nah, I don't know, I don't even care about my lineups and whatever. And I remember Chad Leverich and I used to have to be like, Jules, it's important. This is really important. You need to figure this out. And this year, for some reason, it might, we'll call it pandemic related. For some reason, oh, you pour into your fantasy football team. Tell me how it's going. Tell me what's good, bad, exciting. What are you figuring out? So first of all, I always liked fantasy football, but I really liked giving Chad Leverich a hard time. (laughs) So some of it was that I would forget, quote unquote, to do my lineup. And then he would spend time with me and make me laugh and give me a hard time. And that just like made me delighted. Um, I would also forget because it was Sunday and other things. But this year, my brother's the commissioner. My brother, Ben, is the commissioner of our league. I've been in this league before. It's me, my two brothers, 
um, my sister-in-law, Kate, who's, and then Kate's brother and sister. So we're all in the same generation of kids in this family. And we vacation together and we love each other, but we're also all very competitive. And my brother, Ben, is very serious about football, um, as all Detroit Lions fans have to be. And so he has, as commissioner, set us up to, um, oh yeah, huge, like, don't call him when they're playing because he will not. No, we're, we were ejected from the Browns fan fandom by my grandfather when I was, when Art Modell sold the franchise. I completely understand. He said, we will never speak of this team again. And we never. As a lifelong diehard yeah. Lions fan. So with fantasy football. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ben loves them. So he's, he's our commissioner. Um, we did our, you know, S draft, all of the things it is. Here's the thing that I love is that one, I ended up with Dak Prescott as my QB and he has been absolutely killing it this year. Unbelievable. Like, I cannot believe how many times he has saved my tail already. And then also, I have, and I'm going to use violent words for this, slaughtered every single week, except last week. Every single week, every week, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am, my sister-in-law is going to be so humiliated. It's going to be amazing. And then I just... It's been great. And it's something I can control. I can trade people. I can like bench them, whatever. And I'm just like, I'm on my phone and I'm like, yep, I'm going to do this thing. So you, I've been way into the fantasy football. What about what happened, you? Uh, what happened last week? What uh, you said you last been- week I had, yeah, last week I had some waivers that didn't go through that I really needed. And then my brother, Lex, my baby brother, got really lucky on some things where he had some teams that just happened to, like, really do well. So he 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 didn't kill me. I think we were 20 points off of each other, but it was my first loss, and I was real sad. So you're, right now, you're three and one. I'm three and one. So, and I'm probably going to be four and one because right, I'm, it, this week's lineup is looking pretty spectacular. Well, I'm congratulations, well done. I mean, that, it it really does make the world a better place when your fantasy football team is doing well. For some reason, it just makes you feel um, like like there's hope and, and there is joy, yeah. in life, and all of the things. Um, I don't feel that, Jules, because my team is one and three. I'm not doing well at fantasy football. I do have some, my, some great, I, hmm. um, so I'm, I'm in a league with uh, some, the, the leadership here uh, at Do Good Multnomah. And um, there's been some underhandedness and skullduggery and um, tampering, tampering and coercion. And, um, and it's led to my not doing very well. Um, I, I got my first win last week. <laughs> it was over Chris Ayosa, the executive director. So I feel Very pretty nice. good about that. Pretty solid. Yeah. Very I'm good. Just, um, I, I, I made a, a big mistake. And this is something I should have learned in many, many years of doing fantasy football, but I never learned. Uh, and that is that I find myself drafting and acquiring a lot of Detroit Lions players on my team. And here's the thing, Jules, Detroit Lions 
have traditionally not been very good at the game of American football. I mean, (laughs) they're not known for their winning streaks is for sure. So um, when I put my trust in even just a couple of them. No, it kills you. Sometimes they let me down. I've had Josh Allen as my quarterback. Turns out he's really good. But I happen to have played some people who just have some better players. But I will say this, and I will admit, I will cop to this. I figured out what was going on with these folks and the trading and the tampering and all that stuff. And I said, look, if you can't beat them, join them. (laughs) This week, I proposed a trade that I'm not going to lie. It shouldn't happen, but it's going to happen. And I'm going to acquire someone who's going to turn my fortunes around. So you just wait the next few weeks. I'm making a comeback. Well, I mean, for those who don't play fantasy football, you might not understand the dynamic here. Andy, you're not supposed to take multiple people from the same team because if that team doesn't do well, then you sink your ship. I know. So this I, whole Detroit Lions strategy is really just a, it's a, it's a suicide mission is I what it, it is. It never works. It never works. It never it doesn't matter if it's you can't do it. No, I know. Can it's I like, ask you a personal question? Yeah. What is the name of your fantasy football team? I was just going to ask you the same thing, um, but I was going to ask you, can you say it? In like, Mine is appropriate for public consumption. Okay, good. So mine is uh, named after what they nicknamed me at, in workouts at the gym. Um, so I, my team is the North Portland Slow and Heavies. Oh, that's so sad. It's all but right. I am wrong with being slow and heavy. I am both slow and I'm heavy, but more and more that's because all sizes are beautiful. Oh, no shaming. I don't yeah. have any shame. I'm good. Slow and heavy. That's fine. I wish my team were better. I wish that's they true. were wish they were quick and nimble. <laughs> Maybe you cursed them with that name. Wiry. Yeah. <laughs> what's what? yours? What's your team name? Mine is no, you smile more. <laughs> Oh, that's the best name ever. Oh my gosh. That is so good. It makes me laugh so hard every time I see it. My brother's is danger Danger is my maiden name. And that makes me laugh too, but not as much as mine. Oh no, you smile more. That's perfect. That's so perfect. Okay. Well, um, question number three or four. Yeah, Where are we on? Moving, moving on from that. Congratulations on having a great season so far. This will be very brief. It's just something that I wanted to point out. Yes. You and I have had so really many conversations about our appreciation for um, stretchy clothing. Yes. In particular, stretchy pants. Um, uh, we, we genetically, um, we are such that we need to have larger, stretchier pants, I would say, a little more give. And the thing that, that I wanted to point and By out, that, what you mean is we're both very active. Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Athletic even. Um, but <laughs> nothing to do with our shape. Um, but I have been touting the benefits of the stretchy gene in particular. Oh my God. I think you started talking about stretchy genes to me in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, once I discovered them, I was like, why would you ever go back to plain old stiff Levi's? 
It doesn't, Especially when you get the holes in the thighs, we we you and I don't get the elegant knee holes situation. That's nope. not that's not the German heritage. Nope. nope, that's exactly right. So what I want to point out and what I want to give us credit for, I wish we would have bought stock. I wish we would have believed in ourselves enough to make an investment in this because the rest of the world is catching on. Yeah. If I go to Costco, which is of course where I buy all of my jeans, I think I've made that clear. I'm going to get my jeans to Costco when I go there it's harder and harder to find a non-stretching option. Also notice that because of uh, COVID-19 and and quarantining and the extreme desire for comfort, because we're wearing sweatpants at home and we, quite frankly, everyone just wants to wear sweatpants all the time. I'm seeing show up in my Facebook feed advertisements, probably because I talk about it a lot too and they're listening and we know that. But I'm seeing more and more advertisements for like, hey, here's a dress pant you can wear to work. By the way, it's stretchy. It's comfortable. Like we should have put our money where our mouth was, Jules, but I want to claim it. Early on, we were talking about it. Early adopters. Um, I also regret not investing in plexiglass construction. I regret not investing in um, Zoom, frankly. Um, And clearly Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's really, yeah, I know, I know, but um, I'm thinking like if we had made that stretchy pants connection earlier financially, we would just be able to be on vacation all the time. We'd be set. If we were to, if we were to like go to someone and have them make a gusseted stretchy jean that we could have, I mean, we could have called it fourth month union jean been awesome people would buy those all right i'm gonna stop us here because there's an actual question that i want to know the answer to you've been withholding the answer from me and i don't know how i don't know this because you know i love holidays yeah candy corn yes or no i'm gonna confess something to you and i'm gonna confess something to the parishioners of our church um you need to hear this uh Candy corn is my dark master. <laughs> I have an affinity for candy corn um, that's unnatural. Um, it's not an obsession, but it is a pure, like I, I look forward to it. And I'm going to explain why I look forward to it. Because I'm actually disciplined about my candy corn. But I love, I have oh, different- you have like rules like a drug user. I totally, I have rules. And I also have different- modes and methods of eating the candy corn. Um, And I'll explain, but I'm going to tell you one thing. My first rule is I never eat candy corn before Halloween at all. Like, and I mean, before the day, there is a bag of candy corn because it showed up on the shelves of the grocery store. There's a bag of candy corn that is in our cupboards right now at home. I'm not eating it because until like the whole trick or treat thing after Halloween, then it's like, which I consider the official kickoff to fall. Then I can have the candy corn all I want, except I also have another thing I don't do. I never eat more than one candy corn at a time. I savor. I go one at a time every time. And I have two strategies for eating. The first is I bite off stripe by stripe, right? Bite off each stripe and savor each one like they're a different flavor, but they're not. They're all the same flavor. They're all honey flavored. They're all honey flavored, right? Yeah. The other technique is usually you got to bite off just the tips. You can get a good grip and then you mush them, you squish it and you make it like that. 
and then you eat the candy corn. And I will have so much candy corn doing that, savoring, nibbling, squishing. That's my strategy. So I'm a definite yes on candy corn, certain time, certain method. I'm 100% in. I knew you liked to smush it. I didn't know that it rode your back like a demonic monkey. It's terrible. It's really huh. terrible. Yeah. I, I, I look forward to Thanksgiving's also the cutoff. If you're still eating thanks like candy corn after Thanksgiving, you're a maniac because there are other Christmas candies that you could be eating. So come no. on, move it's on. It's time to move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You candy corn. Yes or no. So I'm not a candy corn fan, but I believe, so my grandfather used to tell us, my tiny Irish grandfather used to tell us that Cheetos, cheese, the orange cheese. brought us to your grandfather. Did. And and I'll get there. Okay. (laughs) My grandfather used to say that the Cheetos orange cheese, you know, the powder that sticks on your fingers, Mm -hmm. um, had to have crack cocaine in it because it's the only explanation for how many Cheetos he could eat. And he literally thought this that they were putting drugs in his Cheetos so that he would keep eating them. Capitalism, right? (laughs) I have a similar explanation for candy corn because I do not like it. I do not like the flavor. I do not like the texture. I think it is the wrong size. The fact that it is three colors, but one flavor doesn't make any sense to me. And yet my spouse insists on putting a bag of candy corn in a bowl on our coffee table, every sink. In fact, we have the bag and we just got the bowl out of the attic yesterday. Once we finish Whole30, we will start eating candy corn. I do not like it. And yet it sits in our living room. And do I eat it? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I confess I do. I cannot stop myself. Yep. It's not right. It, it's demonic. <laughs> okay. All right. Next topic. Real quick, no explanations. We're just going to put them out there. And then we're going to actually talk about Sabbath for a second. Yes. We'll let folks go because this has been tons of fun, but maybe too long. Um, So (laughs) another top three, starting at number three and going to number one. But you go first and then I'll go second. Top three flavors, brands and flavors of seltzer water. Go. Coconut LaCroix. Okay. Coconut LaCroix is number three. Ooh, I don't know how to do the order. Lemon LaCroix. And I like Pomplamoose. So you're all LaCroix. It doesn't really matter. I like all those flavors. I really like the bubbly brand, but I never remember what their flavors are. I just like know that I like the red one and the purple one. That would be raspberry and blackberry, just for clarification for people okay. at home, right? We know because my family drinks a lot of it. A lot of sensory water. Like... The gleaners who come for cans love coming into our house because they're like, Goebbels drink the seltzer. So top three. Number three is indeed um, bubbly blackberry. Yep. Amazing, delicious, wonderful. Number two is um, made by a company called Waterloo and they make a grape. If you haven't had it, go get it. Your is husband- that, Is that the one that- It's like Zymatap. He's wrong. It tastes delicious. Tastes tastes like grape soda, which is very important to me, and I love it. So that's number two, Waterloo grape. And number one, it's not Lacroix lemon. Limoncello. Limoncello, which is the bomb. It's the best because it tastes like lemon cake, 
And I know that you have suggested that maybe it starts to taste like lemon pledge. I'm putting that out of my mind because it tastes like cake to me and it always will. You said that coconut LaCroix tasted like suntan oil and I feel resentful. Sorry, didn't mean to suggest it. Okay, all right, last last topic before we, we pray. And Just, I need to say, I've known you six years, more than six years at this mm-hmm. point. I yeah. learned some things about you today. Right back at you, right yeah. back at you. Important things. Important. I, I shouldn't have said this was this was either inane or that it was just chit chat. This is really important. This is discovery and connection. I like it. Um, okay, last last thing is this: if you're sabbathing, which you do really well, like I, I every Friday when I make a mistake of sending an email your way, I get the response that you're doing your Sabbath on Friday. That's your day. Yep. If you, what is your ideal activity or lack thereof on your Sabbath? First rule of Sabbath, no to-do lists. I have to wake up and have no idea what the plan is that day. That's the rule. Um, I often do find myself taking a very long walk. I often do find myself cooking, Mm. usually something that I wouldn't cook on a normal day. Um, I very much like to listen to podcasts in my kitchen and I do a combo podcast cooking situation. And, you know, um, on an ideal day, I will read a bunch, but it depends. Maybe, maybe see a friend. I mean, you know, in the normal world, but love it. What about you? So you have a list of activities. You didn't go with one, so I'm going to go with multiple two, whatever. No rules. It's Sabbath, no rules, whatever. So I, uh, I too, when I think about rest and um, being centered, I love to um, be grilling food. I like to have my Weber charcoal grill fired up, making meats and whatever else is on the grill, um, usually with a cold beer in my hand. And that is just, that's paradise for me. Uh, I love being in that mode. Um, also, if, if the day could include my being able to watch uh, a complete um, game of a sporting event, Mm-hmm. in its entirety because I don't get to do that very often TVs are claimed by other people and it takes a long time it takes a big chunk of my day um but if I could do that like that's ideal um going for a bike ride or for a walk with Amy and the boys out in beautiful weather um yeah that's what I would think of I <laughs> I listen to podcasts all the time so it's going to include pos- podcast listening too. Sure granted (laughs) right right so um awesome i think that was good how do you feel after just doing that i feel more rested i do too yeah i feel like there's i uh i go from this with a smile on my face ready to face the rest of whatever this day has we get the rest of you've got busy stuff to do i've got busy stuff to do but for, for now i'm thankful for a time of connection and joy and fun. Yep. Yeah. I wish that for everyone. So let's pray 
Yeah. And maybe our questions as if people, if people are gathering for questions of the people, the question is, what do you need to do for reconnection right now? And what does your Sabbath look like? Yep. Keep Perfect. it simple. Perfect. Um, I'll pray. Do you want to sing? You want me to sing? What do you want to do? I can sing. Okay. So let me pray for us. Loving God of rest and joy and fun and delight. Thank you for this time. Thank you that you are present even in it. And that you are present as we seek to be rested and restored and renewed. Thank you for connection on a different level in this conversation. God, I do pray for Sabbath renewal and rest and connection for all of us. For those who desperately need it right now, I pray for avenues and resources and ways to find delight and joy and rest from all the heaviness and busyness that weighs on us seemingly constantly. Help us to trust in you enough that we can let go and truly be restored. We give you thanks for all of this. We pray this in Jesus' name and all the holy names of God. Amen. Let's sing, friends. You know the words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and give you, give you, give you peace. Continue to be at peace, to love and serve the Lord and to rest and find joy and delight. Miss you. Bye-bye. Love you.